Welcome to the Happy Tans Podcast, where you will learn everything you need to know about running a successful sunless tanning business. We will interview some of the industry's top business owners to find out how they took a passion and turned it into a prosperous business. And here's your host, Grant Conscious. Hey, what's up, Happy Tanners? Thank you so much for joining us on episode 88 of the Happy Tans Podcast. On today's episode, we have Kelly Ann Callahan from Spray Tan Class and X-Tan. Now that includes her Obsidian Sunless Tanning Solution brand. She recently acquired X-Tan, so that is what all of her products will now be listed under. Anyway, thank you so much for tuning in. Kelly was on an earlier episode of the Happy Tans Podcast about four years ago. It's hard to believe it's been that long, but a lot has changed for her. She's in a completely different space in her career. Also, after just hosting the Slay the Spray live event, which was an amazing success, she said over 100 people were there, some people tuned in virtually, and she really, really enjoyed doing that. But anyway, this episode's great because you get to hear from somebody who's been in the industry for a long time, of nine years, just about. She's been around, done a few different things, owned her own uh, salon. She sold that. Now she's in the product business. She's in the training business. So you get to learn a lot of different aspects of the business, but also... You get to hear from her what's worked, what's consistently worked, what works for people that are just starting out, the couple things she realizes and people that really show whether they're going to be successful at their business or not. So make sure you tune in and listen to this because this is a great episode. Kelly, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. It is always a pleasure to speak with you. I'm so happy to hear that everything's going well and I hope it continues to. And I look forward to doing a third interview in the future. Who knows what will be going on at that point, but I'm sure it'll be all good stuff. So thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, the Happy Tans Podcast is sponsored by the first and the only website builder created specifically for the sunless tanning industry. Not only are these websites beautifully customized for your business and your branding, they're also SEO optimized, which means you'll get found on Google in your area. That means you'll get new clients, new leads coming into your website every day, every week, every month, all the time. It's working 24-7 for you. It is the best marketing resources that you can have because your website is essentially the hub for everything, everything offline and online always points back to your website. Make sure it represents your brand and your business in a good way. That's what we do here at Happy Tans. That's our specialty. And we can certainly help you. If you have any questions, reach out. My email is grantedhappytans.com. I read and reply to every single one of the emails. And if you're listening and you want to sign up, use the code podcast. Get the first month for only a dollar. That's on me. I truly believe in what we have to offer here. Stand behind it a thousand percent. Again, if you have any questions, I'm always accessible. Grant at happytans.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much again, Kelly. I hope everybody has a great day and happy tanning. Hello and welcome to the Happy Tans Podcast. On today's episode, we have Kelly Ann Callahan. How are you doing today, Kelly? I am pretty good, Grant. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on. Yeah, my pleasure. Repeat guest, you were on a long time ago. Very long. <laughs> Definitely. I should have looked at the date. It's probably 2017, my guess, because you were really early on. So. <laughs> that was my very first podcast episode. And I remember just being so nervous, having all the answers written out, and it was just a hot mess. So. Oh, wow. Really? That's a, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I, you know, I could see that a lot of people, everybody I talk to that's on there, yeah, they're nervous if they haven't done it, especially now you're a seasoned pro. So it's probably nothing. But, uh, I still get anxious sometimes to do them, but it's always fun. So for sure. I agree. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you have a few different things you do. So rather than introducing you as Kelly with uh, obsidian or the spray tan clash, whatever, you know, slay the spray, all these different things. So let me open the floor for those that might not know you. I'm sure they do, but if they don't tell us a little bit about you and all the various things you have your, your hands and feet in this industry. 
For sure. So I started, and you and I were talking about this earlier, like I started back in, what was it, 2014, I believe, somewhere around there. And I used to call Grant at Sholi all the time, <laughs> asking all the questions when I first started my mobile spray tanning business. Um, I had no entrepreneurial experience at all, but I knew that I wanted to do this. I knew that I wanted to help women feel beautiful about themselves. And when I first started, it was not very, like, I wouldn't say it's as popular as it is today. So it was something that like not many people did. And I was trying to learn everything about it. So eventually I ended up um, getting my own space and then getting a license in aesthetics in California and just growing my business in various forms, you know, doing lashes, facials, waxing. I wanted to try everything. I got my storefront. Um, and of course it was an up and down roller coaster. There's so many great moments of, you know, being an entrepreneur, but so many hardships and obstacles that I had to face as well. Um, mm -hmm. but going through that, I started, um, doing online training programs, started helping women start their business. So that's when spray tan class was founded in about 2015. And now I do a bunch of different things. I ended up selling my salon and now I have a product line called obsidian, I recently acquired X tan sunless as well. I still offer my online trainings. We have trainers all over the U S Canada and Europe now. So it's a lot of different things <laughs> that I have going on, but my main jam is basically, um, when I acquired X tan sunless, just really focusing on the product launches that we have there and our spray tan class, uh, trainers and online training programs now. Wow. That's a lot of stuff, a lot in the last seven or eight years. Yeah, I, I could. I remember speaking to you, like I said, I, I didn't know when it was. I know it was somewhere around 2012, 13, 14, because that's when I was at Cholis. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's such a long time ago, I remember. But you were definitely, you know, you had the hunger to, to do something. So do you, where do you acquire that? What do you like say? Where do you think that comes from? Is that natural for you? Or is this, you said it was new to entrepreneurship, but I'm wondering if you were always kind of that, you know, go-getter type. Yeah, I was actually just talking to my friend yesterday about this. I remember being super young and getting cookies that my mom would get from work. And I would go door to door and sell cookies. <laughs> I have no idea where this came from, but I always wanted to like, I don't know. I always had ideas to do different things as far as like making money. And I don't know where the hunger actually comes from, but I think I like the challenge and I yeah. like the freedom and I like to be able to create things and um, I'm very creative minded. So I just love the hustle. I love creation. I love connecting with women. So the fact that like I can be an entrepreneur and do all those things because it is my creation and it's like what I'm choosing to do. I think um, that just lights me up. So I love it. Yeah. It's like a perfect match for you. It sounds like you got to do the, the best of all the worlds together. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's, it's awesome. I love it. Yeah, that's good. So when you had the, your location was called, was it called just Slay? Yeah. So I had uh, my salon. It was Slay Beauty Bar. Slay Beauty Bar. Okay. And you sold that like two or three years ago, correct? Actually, I sold it through COVID. And oh, wow. I thought it was yeah. longer. Well, I've been wanting to sell it okay. secretly. <laughs> <laughs> I was wanting to sell it for a while and um, it was just too many things I was trying to do. And so I was not great at anything. I felt like I was just diminishing my energy towards doing a bunch of different product um, projects. So I started identifying like, what do I actually want to do in this industry and what do I need to let go of? And my salon was something that I felt like was 
not something that I love to do anymore at that time. So I was trying to get rid of it, but I finally did during COVID when I was pregnant, I was moving out of San Diego and it was just the perfect time with like all the closures and all of these things happening. It was just the perfect time to get rid of the salon. And, um, I didn't do the best job at selling it. So that's for sure. Like, I feel like I could have put a little bit more strategy into it and maybe made a little bit more money because I had built that for so many years and it was such a good business, but Mm -hmm. when everything was said and done, it was just better just to kind of get rid of it the way I did. And I gave it to the perfect person, Audrey, who is like taking great care of it and she loves it. So it's great. Yeah, that's awesome. It's, it's interesting. I think when you get to that point in like that chapter, it's time to turn the page. I think it's hard for anybody that's invested a certain amount of energy and effort and all that into what you've, I mean, you can't imagine how many hours were put into that. So that's gotta be a, a hard realization to come to. Yeah. And you love your clients, you know, you want to be there for them. It's very emotional. Um, you know, when everything's said and done, it is an emotional decision to make, but I needed to remove that emotion in order to just do it. And I'm really, really glad I did because now my online businesses are flourishing and that's exactly what I wanted. So yeah, okay. it's amazing what happens when you have time to invest into stuff. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how it goes. You know, once I broke off away from working at a local company, helping them, even though it was only, you know, when I needed, when they needed it, it was still, once I figured out that I had all that extra time, it was like, crazy how much more time you have and the growth have you can just create more stuff and so much more so anybody that's doing the tanning on the side is definitely a struggle uh, i can imagine to 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 you know divide that energy and effort amongst everything they have going on you know let alone with family and friends and everything else you have to do absolutely i think like one of the best things i've ever heard was um instead of going wide go deep with whatever it is that you're doing so stop trying to do everything which is me in my creative mode, like I want to do so many different things. But once I started letting go of the things that like I wasn't great at and just really focusing in on training and obsidian and creating like really amazing products, that's when my business did the best and when yeah. I felt most aligned. So yeah, yeah. Don't go wide, go deep. I think that, you know, one of the struggles I think everybody has, I know I struggle with it myself is like, if you need, if you want to create something or you want to create the business to fit into your life, not your life to fit into your business, but like sitting back and actually, you know, and, you know, looking internally and saying, what do you want your life to look like? What do you want to do? Why are you taking this step? You know, you have to think about all those things. A lot of people never sit down and think about that. I know I don't, I still struggle with that sometimes. So. For sure. Yeah. yeah. You have hard. to reflect. Yeah. I think the thing, I think people are like the FOMO, right? If I only focus on this and I'm going to miss out on all these other things, which you could probably relate to with selling your salon was like, if I'd sell it, then I'm not going to have the opportunity to see these clients and build this business. But you had to eventually make that uh, decision. Absolutely. That was a huge learning lesson for me, you know, and once I was able to actually just like focus in on the things that I needed to focus on, it was incredible to see that that was not the case. And that was just a limiting belief that I had in my head. So, yeah. And what is it was, I know you have Tony Robbins quote in your signature, but doesn't Tony Robbins say where focus goes, energy flows, something like that. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of people do it. And I believe that to be true hundred percent. Cause it's like, if you have your energy just scattered everywhere, instead of just focusing in on the things that you're great at, like, it's just not going to do anybody good. Cause we only have so much energy to give to anything. So instead of scattering it all around, why not just focus on the things that we're really, really good at. And that's why a lot of people talk about niching down and, mm-hmm. um, you know, the niches are in the riches and all of these things. So, yeah. Yeah, I know it is. It is. So you, um, 
you talk to a lot of people. I'm curious what people that are starting out, let's say they're starting a business. And I know that like, there's so many, like the seasonality of the business is challenging for spray tanning. Uh, and then the fact that a lot of people need to find ways during the slower times of the tanning to offset that. So they're bringing teeth whitening or something like that. Right. So what do you, do you suggest for people that are starting out to just focus on tanning or do you say, Hey, you need to look for other ways to kind of supplement that as well. I'm kind of curious what your thoughts are. Yeah. And I think this is going to be different for everybody. Um, mm -hmm. I think first and foremost, when you are starting out a business, the number one focus should be on marketing rather than like having a bunch of different services because mm -hmm. people aren't going to know you for any one thing. And it might diminish the trust if you're like, okay, I'm really good at like facials, waxing, lashes, like mm -hmm. you're trying to do all of the things people aren't really going to trust that, you know, all of those things and that you're good at all of those things. So I think it's important to find like maybe one, two, maybe tops three products or services that you're really good at and focus in on that. I think three is even too much to be yeah. honest, but, um, maybe like spray tanning and teeth whitening, you can focus in on that. And I always tell like all of my students, you could be the best spray tanning artist in the entire universe, but it's not until you actually know how to market yourself and put yourself out there that you're going to thrive in this industry. And it's a consistent thing. Like I still have to market seven, eight years in. Mm -hmm. um, I think everybody should know that, you know, unless you have like a book full of appointments, like you're always going to have to be marketing and finding different ways to do that. Yeah. And even then they've probably worked hard enough to get to that point that they're not going to quit marketing anyway. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. and their, that and their, their client base is so big. The review, they have so many reviews, right. They're going to continue to kind of use that as a leverage to build the business. So yeah, For that's a hundred percent true. I mean, part of the reason I started the happy tense podcast was like to put that into perspective that like, yeah, there's, you know, products are important. Obviously we're doing a series with all these founders and people that have amazing products, but past the products, once you get past that, what's the difference, right? If, like you said, the best artist is never seen, then it doesn't matter. So it's like, you have to figure out that marketing. And, and I think the struggle that I see is a lot of people are good artists, but not great business operators. And this is just isn't for tanning. I mean, I've worked in other industries. It's the same thing across the board. Like people just don't have the business sense to to build it. So, you know, it's trying to help people with that. Yeah, absolutely. And um, when I went to aesthetic school, they actually had a very, very small section about business. And sure. <laughs> by then I had already started a business. So I was like, it would be so important and so impactful if they had like a whole like month of yeah. just training them on how to market and how to really like showcase their work and how to get people in because you know, I see so many people, not only in the tanning industry, but just in the beauty industry, just give up so easily and so quickly when in reality, this is a long-term game. It's not just mm -hmm. short-term. Yeah. That's any business, you know, and I think part of our society has programmed us with all these apps and order your food and get it. Then Amazon will drop it, you know, before you finish ordering it, those yeah. kind of things. Like it, there's no, nobody has the the means to wait and, and wait for the gratification any longer. It's, it's kind of, ruined that for people but you know that's that's our goal is to like you probably can say try to help people understand that it's a long-term game it's a marathon mm -hmm. um maybe a maybe a ultra marathon whatever you want to call it so definitely for sure. it's definitely a challenge let's let's talk about the products a little bit and we'll circle back to the the individual artist so obsidian is a product you've acquired x10 recently so how how long has obsidian been around yeah, we launched our first product, which was Obsidian Dark 
what was it? Oh my gosh. Was it three years ago, almost in December. So we launched it and then we started shipping out. We did like pre-orders. We started shipping out February of 2019. So it's been a while. I, that has been our best seller by far. Um, So many people love the product and I did things a little bit differently when I launched that. I think most quote unquote normal people would have came out with like a light, medium, dark, and a rapid, but I always try to think like, how can I do something different? How can I stand out? Because I don't want to just do the same thing as everybody else. It just diminishes, you know, just the value of whatever it is that we're all doing. So I created this solution with the intention of being the darkest solution out there, having something that the bronzer actually matched what the color was going to be like after eight hours, something that had high quality ingredients. So with all of these things, um, you know, I started playing around with the solution and I realized like we could actually use it as a rapid as well. So it's also a rapid and an eight hour is what we market it as. Um, And it's pretty versatile. So it can be used on most skin types, which is great. Um, so that was our very, very first product that came out. That was 2018 about, you said three years ago, right? Mm -hmm. Wow. And how long did that process take to create that product? I'm curious how long that took. Yeah. So it took a couple of months because what happens is, you know, you have to explain exactly what you want. And Mm -hmm. then from there you do all of the testing, then you send it out to other people to try it out, to get feedback. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's quite the process and we had to tweak it a couple of times, but once everything was said and done, I would say maybe four months or so. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty quick. Honestly, I've, you know, a lot of people is longer and we had Viva on the show and she was talking about that. And, you know, I, I think people, there's a lot of people I speak to, you may too, like people want to, are, are ambitious. They want to create their own product, but you know, that process is, is quite involved and you don't just say, Hey, I just want this spray tan solution. They're like, we need a chemist, you know, a cosmetic chemist to actually create the formula. It's got to be different. You got to have all these factors and there's a lot to it. I'm sure that you can attest to that. <laughs> For sure. There's like stability testing. Mm-hmm. You have to get all the labels. You have to make sure everything is accurate on the labels. Um, yeah. So many different things that I didn't think of. You have to get insurance and it's just a whole nother game. So <laughs> right. yeah, a lot right. of people want to get into it, but they don't realize like it's so much work. So unless you're going to, um, sell it to, you know, like artists, it's typically not something that I would recommend investing in because it is a large investment as well. Yeah. Yeah. Not only that, but then that's like at at the end of the day, I ask people and not to be like a a Debbie Downer, I'm just being, you know, upfront is like, what is, what is your differentiator? How are you going to market it to people? You know, um, is price, is that what it is? Cause you're not going to be able to be, you're not going to be able to be cheaper than people. Cause that's a race to the bottom. You know, For like sure. you said, you had an idea, like, I want to make the darkest solution. Bam. That's your like differentiator. Most people don't think about that. You also had the benefit of your audience that you had worked with. Right. Too. And a lot of people don't have that. You had the personal brand behind it too. So that obviously helped, you know, you leverage that I'm sure when you launched your product. Yeah, absolutely. And I think something else that helped was like through the creation process, and I still continue to do this today is I involve uh, the women in the beauty business babes Facebook group, I involve them in the creation of the product. So Mm. I'll ask them for feedback or ask them what they want and ask them what they need. um, So that way I can create something that is not an assumption that I think they need. It's yeah. something that they actually need. Right. I love that. You know, it's funny. I've always thought if I ever want to start a product, I would literally go to everybody and say, Hey, what do you guys want? And then just, all right, whatever they say, you take the best, the most common thing and you make it happen. So 
that's the best way to do it. Yeah. Always, always got to hear it right from people that, that need it. So uh, you kind of mentioned this earlier, but what, what did you say is the thing that sets your brand or your product apart from uh, the other brands in the industry? So um, there are a couple of different things. When I initially did this, I wanted to create something and I'm glad that you mentioned it earlier. Like I didn't want to create a less expensive product or mm-hmm. like something that was going to devalue just spray tanning solutions in general. I wanted something that was going to be high quality and something that was going to be more of like a luxury type of item. And when Obsidian Dark was born, that's basically what it was. It's a little bit thicker of a solution. Um, the ingredients in it, it's very high quality and it's something that is customized. So it's not something that I'm private labeling or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted it to be versatile. I really wanted it to just stand out in terms of like how dark it was, because that was one of the things I kept on seeing in the beauty business babes Facebook group was, you know, my solutions aren't getting dark enough. So that was really like the number one thing when I very first started. And now, um, as I've grown through the process of creating other products and acquiring X tan, like I realized, like, I really want to create luxury products that will, work the way that they're intended to work for the people that they're intended for. Like not everyone's going to love the price point or not everyone's going to love, um, or value, you know, higher quality ingredients or like the way that it works or whatever. And that's totally fine. Um, but I really wanted to create something where people can like look at the product and trust that it's going to work and trust that it's going to be providing their clients with the best experience possible. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, you, you not only listen to what people want instead of just thinking that, you know, you know, sitting in your room and, you know, devising or coming up with this product, but you also decided that, Hey, I'm not going to go, this isn't going to work for everybody. It's going to be, you know, probably a little bit more expensive. It's a luxury brand. And, you know, I, you know, you don't see these luxury brands, um, feeling bad about that. You know, there's a reason why some of these car companies like Lamborghinis don't have commercials because the people that buy those typically aren't watching TV. And then For like, sure. you know, all these other brands, Bur- what, I don't know, the, the Burberry and all this stuff, right. They don't have commercials because yeah. only certain people, you know, they know their audience, you know, your audience. And that's awesome. I think that everybody can learn from that. Yeah. And like one thing I'll, I'll share too, is um, when I first came out with Obsidian the gallon was $297. It still is. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the price point for it. And I remember so many people being like, oh my gosh, it's so expensive. It's so expensive, but not realizing like, you know, at that point I could have been like, okay, no, I'm going to like lower my price and like devalue what I feel like is, uh, you know, a great product. Um, but when everything's said and done, I, want to share this with everybody, like don't devalue yourself. Don't Mm -hmm. allow yourself to like lower your prices because maybe somebody else can't afford it. Um, because you are a luxury service. All spray tanners are, that's Mm -hmm. my belief. So, yeah, I agree with that. That's a good point to make. And people need to see the value in themselves, their time, their experience and all these factors, you know, like, you know, obviously going cheaper, it's a race to the bottom. Somebody can always go cheaper than you. So that's not the way you really have to find out what your, what your unique, you know, value proposition or UVP is, and then kind of run with that. So that's, that's great that you're able to, you knew that early on, right. And you were able to, to see that unfold to where you are today. Absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. So yeah, you talk to a lot of business owners in the industry. I know you work with a lot of people starting out, probably people that have been around for a long time as well. What would you say that are like the top two or three underlying factors that are, that you see that lead to successful businesses and business owners? Yeah, that's such a good question. I feel like 
it's, it's a couple of different things. I can usually tell pretty like right away, whenever I was training people one-on-one, I'd be like, wow, like this girl's going to take this and she's going to run with it. And I think one thing is the hunger that they have to make this work. So they're very engaged. Like they'll ask questions, they'll do their own research. They'll take full responsibility for making this happen. So I think that's the number one thing is taking full responsibility for understanding, like whether you make this or not, it's all reliant on you and like the work that you put in the energy that you put in. Mm -hmm. The other thing um, I would say is an understanding of like, because I think a lot of people go into this and they are so focused on like the technical aspect of it, or they're like, oh, I need to get the perfect solution or the perfect equipment. And they're, they're so overwhelmed with so many different types of solutions. They try all the different solutions. So they're really getting distracted on something that doesn't really need to be perfect right at this very moment. Instead, what they should be focused on is like planting the seeds for marketing and really like learning how to position themselves as the expert in their area as, you know, for the spray tanning industry in their area. So um, the second thing I would say is an understanding of like where to put your energy towards, which would be marketing instead of like worrying so much about the different types of solutions there are. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. I, I tell people that all the time and I feel like people thought, you know, it's crazy to say that like, Hey, don't worry about the product. It's only part of the equation. I still believe that, you know, I would say maybe 10 to 20% is the product. The rest is the training, your marketing and all that stuff. Right. So it's, it's hard for people to understand that. And if they don't have clients coming in the door, I feel like the immediate reaction was I need a new product. And I'm like, well, have people been complaining about your product? No, but I just, you know, I just, um, you know, this one person said this and I'm like, look, don't change what you're doing based off that. So that's, it's good to hear that from somebody else. that's so connected and helps so many people that, you know, it's, it's the product, obviously it matters, but anything that's on the market at this point is probably a good product or it wouldn't exist. So past that, what are you going to do? Where are you going to put your energy into trying a hundred different samples or, you know, trying a hundred, knocking on a hundred different doors of people you can connect with or something like that. So absolutely. It's all a numbers game. You know, you have to just put yourself out there in whatever way you could figure out, like, I remember posting um, business cards on cars. Like I'd walk around my neighborhood and just post them on the cars and then put them on doors. And I was just trying to like meet everybody, trying to get like my name out there any way that I knew I could. And that's how I actually ended up getting my first um, bridal party. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. Did you get any bad, any bad stuff out of that? Um, Any haters? Okay so much because I didn't do it for too long I realized like I think it was actually illegal to do it Uh, oh really I get those all the time on my car yeah that's funny I think it was so I ended up not doing it and then started learning about online marketing like really diving into that because I was like okay well then this online marketing stuff like I can actually be exposed to so many more eyes so that's where I really started to learn like Yelp Google my business um, Instagram you know social media YouTube all of the things yeah so important. So important. Still overlooked by some people, but it's definitely so important. Um, <clears throat> I like what you said about the first thing you said was like the hunger and just their willingness to like learn and the, the how involved they are. Right. I can, I can, like you said, I can usually, if I'm doing it, just talking to somebody or talking on the phone, whatever it is. And they're like, you can almost immediately tell 
where their mindset is and like what they're going to do. There's certain people you're just like, yeah, they're not, it doesn't seem like they're going to take much action. I hope they do, but it doesn't. And there's other people that have been researching and doing this and they, you know, they might not have even taken a training and they just started learning how to spray tan and they've done all these different things. And you're like, those people are going to make it. So, uh, yeah. And I don't know, I don't know if you can teach that to people or it just has to come. It's one of those challenging questions, I think for humans. (laughs) For sure. And I think um, another part to that is like where they're at in their journey, because I know that there are some people who are in a position where like they have to make this work. And I feel like I was in that position um, because I had spent my last $2,000 investing when I first started my business. And it was either I make this work or I go back to corporate life, which was like not an option for me. So for me, I had to be hungry. Like I didn't, I hardly slept and I Mm -hmm. still like, I still really don't sleep too much. Um, I just have this, like, I just have this hunger to learn. And I know that I'm forever going to be this way because it's just like my personality, Mm -hmm. like the way I am. Um, but I do see that a lot of students that I've worked with, like if they're in that similar position where it's like, okay, they're a single mom and they have to make this work for their kids. Like they will make this work because there's no option B for them, which yeah. is great. Yeah, I agree. Yep. They say burn the boats and then you, you never, I think Tony Robbins always says that one too, right? Yep. He does. Yep. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that's a great point. I think, like you said, it kind of has to be a, there has to be a, a reason why they're doing what they're doing. I think that that's always the dent, right? That's kind of what people are always searching for their why or, or what motivates them and those kind of things. For sure. Makes sense. So what, how, how have you seen the industry pivot during this last, this crazy last year and a half that we've had during the pandemic and COVID and all these things we've had, these challenges that people have faced? There's a couple of different ways. Um, I know for myself, I started doing a lot of like free webinars and started doing a lot of different online trainings and that really helped um, my business personally. But aside from that, what I started seeing is people um, getting retail products and actually creating like e-commerce stores on their websites and Mm -hmm. um, creating products. So that way they can go ahead and sell like moose or sell tanners and things like that when they couldn't service people in person. So I started seeing a transition where a lot of people started working online. I do know a lot of people really got hit hard and that was hard to see, especially Mm -hmm. in our beauty business, babes, Facebook group, seeing people close down and shut down. And um, I think this allowed people to kind of expand their vision from just being like a local service to being something a little bit wider where they could sell products on their actual website and send it over across, you know, the country. So, mm-hmm. um, I think that was really helpful for a lot of people because they still can do this and now they're making more money than they did pre pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. A lot of people were, you know, most people were able to pivot through that. It's really sad to see the businesses that had to shut down. Hopefully they're able to reopen sometime, but uh, the people that pivoted found out the, the retail really works so they could use it. Not, you know, all the guests have come on and talked about it, kind of said, you know, people were worried that the retail products would take over for them, but it's just a way to complement it and make the tan even more enhanced or better, obviously, depending on the products that you're using. But I think it was a great, great opportunity for, like you said, it just kind of expanded people's vision of everything because there's so much more opportunity than they thought. Absolutely. And I love seeing people get into online space because I feel like that's really where I found my like secret sauce was 
being able to not only service people that are local to me, but now working with other people who are just like nationwide. So um, even if somebody is in a small little town, you know, in the middle of the U S like they can really grow their business exponentially by learning how to do e-commerce or Amazon or other ways to, you know, sell products to people who are all over the world or even just in the nation. Yeah, definitely. Do you recommend for people with those, that situation then to private label something or just to like resell something that is like professional only? You know, I think it depends on like budget points. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause those are going to be two vastly different types of uh, costs. So maybe initially doing like a private label type of situation where they can, you know, pop their label on there, see if this is actually something that's sustainable for them because e-commerce isn't for everybody. You know, yeah. people don't like to ship stuff. They don't like to like seek, you know, the inventory. It's like a whole other thing. <laughs> so <laughs> they might not have time for it, but maybe getting their feet wet and doing something private label. So they're not investing so much time, money and energy into it yet. And then once they're ready to say like, okay, I'm going all in on this, then doing something that's a little bit more customized. Yeah. Yeah. Always so much more than meets the eye, right? You think I oh, just have some products and ship them. Well, yeah, it's well, there's a lot more to it than that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. We have like, we're every single morning, it's me and my boyfriend, like sitting in our room. Uh, we have like an office over here in my house and just labeling so many different things. And there's so many nuances that happen too, especially when you get into like international shipping and it can oh, be gosh. a little bit hectic. Yeah. yeah I still remember <laughs> those early days at Sholi doing the international forums. I was like, is this right? I don't know. <laughs> hopefully Who we knows? Get this. Yeah. We just pray. We're like, hopefully yeah. we don't get this package back because it was like $80 to ship. Yeah, I know. No. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was always like that. That's so funny. That's so funny. Uh, what, what do you think will happen? You know, once, I, I mean, I guess, depending on where you are in the country, some people don't even mentioned COVID anymore, but, you know, California, I think they do, they do around here. So I'm curious, what do you think is going to happen once all this hopefully is just completely over? Yeah. I mean, I honestly, I don't feel it so much anymore. I think over Mm -hmm. the last, since maybe July or so we had, you know, the Delta variant that was happening. So that kind of got scary again. Cause I was thinking like, wow, we're going to have to close again. Like, this is crazy, you know? Nice. Um, but thankfully that did not happen. I do think with like all of, you know, people getting vaccinated and, uh, just taking care of their own immunity as well. Like, I think we're going to a space where we really hopefully won't have to think about this so much because mm-hmm. I know that for me personally, like it's put a damper on the way that I show up in the world and, um, in person, especially, you know, like I'm yeah. not, I wasn't doing anything for like a year and a half and mostly cause I was like pregnant. I wasn't too scared of COVID <laughs> to be honest, but sure. it was just, it really, um, instilled a lot of fear in a lot of people. So I'm hoping like once this is completely over, people will be more, uh, I want to use the word like grateful, um, to be placed in the situations that they're in. And hopefully like with that gratitude, they'll find more momentum, more motivation. Mm -hmm. They'll find like better ways to serve their clients. And I believe that like deeply like gratitude is what has given me everything that I have today. And I think with that, um, you know, people will have hopefully a new perspective and, and be more abundant than they yeah, were. Definitely. And then also the energy thing, like even if people aren't thinking about it, it's probably still there in their mind a little bit. So it's, you know, it's kind of always floating there thanks to the media that keeps it out in front of us, but sure. you know, that's neither here nor there. So that, I, yeah, I agree with that. Hopefully it 
hopefully it, I think it's going to align people more and they've had time to hopefully sit. And a lot of people did when it, when they had to actually shut down, they had time to actually think about it, their plans, like rolling out, what are the things that they want to do, what other opportunities are there? How could they help more people? You know, just connecting with their clients on a personal basis was a big thing. So I know a lot of people did, did that. Um, I want to talk a minute about your event that just happened. Uh, it was, it's called slay the spray, correct? Yep. Yep. And tell me a little bit about that and how it all went and whatever you could share. Sorry, I dropped my pen. Whatever you could share with people that um, weren't there or didn't know about it. Yeah. So Slay the Spray actually was born a couple of years ago, and it was really inspired by um, the ASTP Sunless Summit. I went there and I spoke at Shauna's event and um, I loved it. Like I loved speaking and I loved being able to connect with people in person. That was the first time I've ever done anything really like that. Mm-hmm. So I thought it would be cool to take my small, like little one-on-one trainings and have group training. So a little bit different than the Sunless Summit. It was like a, a group training for beginners and we would teach like competition tanning, contouring and uh, I believe, I want to say this started in 2016 or so. I'm really bad at dates. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I started like touring and doing like little, um, you know, shindigs and like little group trainings where we had 40 people or 10 people or three people in Hawaii, like all over the United States. And when everything was said and done, I started realizing like, wow, this is a lot of work. Like I have to yeah. lug my ring light, all of the stuff that I have. And I was just like, I don't know. I was trying to do it all by myself. So it was like really, really difficult. And at a certain point when COVID hit, um, I was like, all right, this is actually good. I get to like, not do this for a whole year. And I get to figure out like, how do I want to make this bigger and better? And I had created a um, mindset and marketing event for 150 women a couple of years ago in 2019. And while it wasn't spray tanning related, it brought so much joy into my life because I got to see people. I got to connect with people. We were like literally laughing and crying and having so much Mm -hmm. fun, dance parties, all the things. And when, um, everything was said and done, like we couldn't do that for 2020. So early 2021, I had this idea to make slay the spray, like basically the new Wulu, like mesh the two together and marry the two together and have this bigger event that would allow us to have, um, be spray tanning focused, but also have like the marketing and business aspect infused into this training. So I reached out to Cambry, who is the ASTP Sunless Summit. Um, uh, she's the owner now. And I was like, Hey, are you going to be doing anything this year? Because like, if she was, I didn't want to step on anyone's toes and I didn't want to do that. So when she told me she wasn't, I was like, okay, so then let's go ahead and do it. Let's do it in fall. And it was such a big risk to do it because I wasn't sure if we were going to even be able to, because things were still like opening and closing, but I just really had this like really good feeling that it was just going to work out. So I was like, let's just do it. Let's aim for at first, it was 54 people that was allowed because we had to do social distancing and Mm. all these things. And, uh, Thankfully in July, they opened it up to 108 and we ended up selling out the day that we started, uh, or the day that we opened, which was Friday, October 15th, we sold out of the event, which was awesome. Wow. That is awesome. So the event was, was it, so now it was more than, did you do training stuff or was it just like all kinds of stuff, you know, mindset, business stuff, all, all these different things. 
So um, it was organized where on Friday we have the optional beginners and master course certification trainings. Mm -hmm. So people who purchased a higher end ticket, they got one or two classes. And then that night is when we had cocktail hour. Everybody got to meet and greet on the rooftop bar in San Diego. And then the next days, um, Saturday and Sunday, were full of speakers. So on Saturday, we had a bunch of speakers talking about the technical aspect of the sunless industry. So talking about uh, sunless tanning, POC, competition tanning, contour tanning, bridal tanning, all of the like the technical aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And then Sunday was um, infused with like mindset and marketing and business growth. Yeah, that's awesome. Sounds like a good mix for anybody, beginner or seasoned veteran in the industry. Sounds like it was a good good way. And it's always good to connect with people face-to-face regardless, right? Yeah, we needed it so, so bad. And yeah, so I, I was like, you know what, we're just going to do it. And it was really fun. You know, you mentioned Tony Robbins a couple of times. Um, <laughs> and I went to a couple of his events a couple of years ago. And I loved how like um, engaged everybody was. Like I loved having like the DJ there. Um, I loved yeah. all the lights and just like bringing in so much fun into the creation of this whole entire event. Right. So that's what we did. We had like a DJ, we had lights, we had uh, dancers, we had entertainment. Like it was really, really high vibe and really, really fun. Yeah. Did you keep the air at like 60 degrees like he does? <laughs> no, but I probably <laughs> should have. <laughs> no, I've never been to his event. I've only heard from people, but I've seen like the energy through some videos I can only imagine. But that that's cool because, you know, I think a lot of these like events end up turning into people are like worried about like kind of the trade show thing, which you can always just sound so terrible. Uh, if anybody's ever been to one, they're not a lot of fun typically, but right. like this is like more upbeat people are having fun it's like light you know it doesn't have to be so uptight and professional it's just like hey come have a good time connect with people learn some stuff i think a lot of people get more value out of that absolutely like when you're having fun i feel like your brain just like absorbs more of everything yeah. that's going on so um we had such great feedback from all of the women who were there and it was really like my vision did come to life in the most perfect way. Um, so I was really, really excited to, to be able to host that for everybody. Yeah, that's great. I'm glad you're able to do that. And glad you were able to put yourself out there that, you know, the opportunity, the, I guess with the fear, the underlying fear of like, Hey, this might not happen. It might get canceled. could lose some money, a lot of time, but you know, there's so many things that are going through your mind planning it such so early in the year. So thankfully you were able to get over that. Yeah. So, so glad that it happened the way that it did. And, um, I just wouldn't have been able to do with like all the help that I had too. So I appreciate everybody who was involved. Yeah. I know that I've heard events are a lot of work, so I can only yes. imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So last but not least, I was talking a little bit about spray tan class and what you guys have going on over there. What, what, what all do you offer on that end of things, I guess, at, at this current state? Yeah. So uh, at this point in time, spray tan class has been around for about seven years and we started off doing just like one-on-one -on -one trainings, um, which we do still offer. I no longer do trainings anymore. I just host the Slay the Spray event. Um, so I have 12 trainers, approximately 12 trainers that work with me and they're scattered all over the United States. We have one in Toronto, Canada, and then one in Belgium as well. And, uh, we offer one-on-one -on -one trainings with them. Uh, and then the online trainings is all we offer as well. Um, the Slay the Spray thing, I think is going to be more of an annual thing where we have a group training that's accessible, uh, for anybody who wants to come. And next year we're going to be doing it in Florida as well. So 
it's been a little bit crazy because as the years, and I'm sure you've seen this in our industry, like as the years go by, it's like more and more trainers, more and more like online programs, more and more one-on-one trainings, which is great. But like, now I have to think about how can we be different? How can we like do things better? (laughs) How can we like make this, you know, super impactful? And we have beginners courses, master courses, contouring courses. Um, I also do feel like offering way too many like options can be something that's a negative thing in our business too. So I'm trying to keep it super simple while still making like a really great impact um, on the students that we work with. So it's still something that I'm trying to figure out, but I think one of the main things that we offer that um, a lot of people don't is just the brand neutral and business aspect of the training that we include in all the trainings that we offer. Yeah. I think that's super important to have that, especially the brand neutral part. Like, you know, even if you're trained on a brand, it probably can go over to, you know, parallel probably works with other brands. So it's good to keep it neutral. Just say, Hey, fine. Here's some products. Maybe you probably give some samples, find what's best for you and stick with that. And I think what everybody can take away from one thing you just said, like even as a spray tan business owner, as, as the fact that you said to keep things simple. And I think sometimes we're creating websites for people and there's so many different price points. I'm like, I wouldn't even know where to start. Like, Maybe people don't know the difference between the rapid and regular. Can you just say schedule a tan and then let's keep it easy, right? You want to reduce as much friction as possible. You just want people to schedule and then you can figure out the rest. So Absolutely. keeping things simple is a big thing. Yeah. I mean, I've tried to overcomplicate things like <laughs> just not even knowing it. And then yeah. when I do, I'm like, okay, this is way harder for me. It's way harder for my students. Like, why am I even doing this? I always think about the Cheesecake Factory and like their menu option oh and how gosh. they have like 15 pages of just a bunch of stuff that I don't want to look through. So yeah. it's like the uh, hardest to eat there, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It's I'd rather just go to like, yeah, go to like In and Out. You got like, or Chick fil A, right? There's like three things. You get, okay. Sandwich, nuggets, or grilled nuggets. Okay. Good. Super simple. <laughs> super simple yeah, i love yeah. it yeah there's a reason why they're the bus- the busiest uh, fast food chain and they're still closed one day a week so. for sure exactly <laughs> anyway let's not get on that boat um, <laughs> that's awesome kelly well i mean what what parting piece of advice i know we kind of spoke beforehand and you know we shared similar thoughts about kind of setting people's expectations you and i probably connect with a lot of people that are just getting into this industry but setting the expectation that it's, it, it is a lot of work. It's worth it, but at least letting people know up front, like there's a lot that goes into this. There's not an overnight success, you know, ordering your kit and your products is just the beginning. I know that's probably the most exciting part, but there's so many other things. So what, what other like pieces of guidance or piece of guidance would you leave for, for people that are, are just starting out? Yeah, I would say, you know, there are two things that um, I would love for people to do and that's take radical responsibility Um, So really like take ownership of what you're doing. And a lot of like us get stuck in like the blaming game of like my training wasn't great or this trainer wasn't great or the solution wasn't great, but like taking ownership for what you're doing will give you so much power in continuing to like grow your business. Mm -hmm. And aside from that, I also do think that um, there's a lot of consumption that happens in the Facebook groups, online, social media. People are constantly consuming, consuming, consuming. I see the same, um, you know, handful of people like asking questions. And I think that's great. But at some point, you have to take action. You mm-hmm. can't just like consume, consume, consume. You will find that through doing the work and through experiencing actually spray tanning people and marketing and, you know, physically getting out there and taking action. That's like really where the magic's at. Right. 
Yep. I can second. I agree with that hundred percent. Probably some of the most successful and busiest people aren't in those groups. I'm not like pointing that out. There's probably some people that are really have good businesses that are in there, but they're so busy, right? Doing this stuff and taking the action. Um, I think you can learn a lot from that. Obviously when you're starting out, it's good to answer your questions, but take that stuff, you know, implement it. And then once you get to the next step, you have more questions, you come back rather than looking for every single, you know, little uh, idea and thing that, that you can find possible. Absolutely. I was actually just thinking about that this morning. I was like, the most successful people are not in the Facebook groups, you know? (laughs) We had to think some of these groups, I think, you know, what is your group has like 9,000 people maybe? Yes. Okay. Uh So you're like the biggest one. There's some with like five, three, four, whatever it is. And you're like, there's, I don't know, there's probably like a hundred spray tan artists just in my city. Come on. There's way more people out there. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot more people out there. Yeah. That's definitely true. Well, Kelly, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you, catching up. It's been so long. It's been too long. Glad we were able to connect again. Thanks for, for reaching out to um, I'm glad we think, think the same, even though we think different, right. From our email. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, but the, uh, yeah, wh- if people want to find you, where's the best place? I mean, should they go to obsidian? Is that part of X10 now? Yes. Yeah, so everything's under the, all of our products, including obsidian are under the X10 sunless brand. So you can check us out on Instagram at X10 sunless, or if you wanted to DM me, my personal um, Instagram is at I am underscore Kelly Ann. Okay. And I'll link all those below uh, in the show notes. So anybody that wants to find that, obviously you can just probably go on Facebook or Google and find you as well. Uh, spraytanclass.com. They can find you there too. So thank you, uh, Kelly, so much for, for spending your time with us. I appreciate it. I know you have a little one now, so time is uh, <laughs> more of the essence than before. So I appreciate, you. I appreciate your time and sharing with the audience. I think anybody can take away something from this episode where they've been in the industry for two days or, or, or 10 years. So thank you for sharing all your uh, passion and your information and your insights. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Grant. You're welcome. It. Take care, Kelly. Have a great day. Bye-bye.